Shall we just just use Kinlan as our word? Oh, that's a good idea. Um, okay, uh, so what what we'll do is I'll do the countdown mm-hmm. and we'll say the word and then you do the countdown and we'll say the word. Oh, are we doing a double... Do we do a latency measurement? Is that what's happening? That's what I, that's what I was thinking about doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Three, two, one, Kinlan. Kinlan. Three, two, one, Kinlan. Kinlan. Ooh, um, that's significant. It is, isn't it? So I, I, I think. Uh, so for people listening, what I'm, I'm, we're using that to line the audio tracks up because you know we're still recording in different places uh, for obvious reasons. If you're not um, listening, what, what are you doing? Yeah. How, you ever- how, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm very confused. Um, so I was. I had trouble uh, lining the tracks up last time because if I lined them up to when we both said, uh, well, Bumfluff was, it was last episode, um, then that favoured, that made all of your stuff line up, but I was delayed. Um, so I guess I'll, I'm going to try and get it in the middle this time. Yeah, that's but, the only reasonable thing, isn't it? Well, it got me thinking. I just stretch it out. <laughs> well, well th- would it work, right? A system where... Um, well, while you're speaking, um, in a post-processing step, it can delete some of the silence from my clip to mm. get me in, in sync for the next time I speak. And then while I'm speaking, it can delete silence from what you're saying so that the uh, the reactions are as in sync as possible. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, not going to do it manually, but it sounds like the kind of thing that could be automated, right? Like, could, could we build this on the web? Is this? Ah, <laughs> uh, this is this is. It's been one of the things I wanted to build for a long time, like a purely web app audio editing and recording tool. What's what's stopping us from doing that right now? What I think we, we might actually be in a better spot now. Um, I think actually one of the problems is uh, keeping it all in memory. Memory, yeah. Yeah, because it's. I mean, you'd have so to you, probably like split it across blobs or something to to get that to work. Well, a blob doesn't have to be in memory. No, it allows the browser to put it onto disk if it so chooses to do. Right, like it can. It, everything else has to stay in memory, while a blob can be persisted to disk and be ejected from memory, as far as I understand. Yes, because if you if you're getting uh, if you've got a file. Uh, from file input or drag and drop, then that that stays in disk. It doesn't go into memory, but um, and and then I guess you can get a stream from the blob, so you can just like read bits and pieces. Um, the problem, I think, the difficulty right now is streaming the output to disk. Right, and that's something I discovered just yesterday, two days ago. I don't remember, but that you there's no way to stream into a blob or into a file. So I had, I, I wrote a little proof of concept and basically I was um, transforming a 200 megabyte CSV file. Mm. And every now and then the Chrome tab would, would all snap on me. And I was like, well, I'm doing everything streaming. It shouldn't be that much in memory. And then I finished my program and then I realized, oh, there's no way for me to like write the output back into a stream. So I had to collect everything into a string. Yes. Which was sad face. Yes. And that is like, there's so much stuff. Like if, if a network connection fails, you know, you can try catch that. But one of the things that we you just can't catch right now on the web is out of memory. And the only thing the browser can do is crash. 
Yeah, literally, just throw everything out. Yeah. So I I, I know the file system API, uh, the new one. I can't remember. I think it's got a special name. No, I think uh, na- na- Native File System API. Native File System, that's the one. Uh, the spec definitely has the facility to stream uh, Oh, to does it? Now, whether that's in Canary uh, or not. How did they do that? Wouldn't they have to augment the blob API or the file API? Like no, the, file the, type? the um, file handle that you get uh, can oh. take a stream. Oh, that's stupid that you wouldn't put it onto the actual file or blob type, though. No, because you can uh, you can write individual bits. So, okay, fine. I'm now going to look this up. There's going to be clicking noises. Um, what 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 do we call it? The nat- uh, native file system. This is great because I've got my keyboard just out of uh, out of reach. Uh, but, <laughs> I'm, but I'm just imagining you're doing con- contortions. Yeah, well, around live, live reading a spec. Um, great, because you know. Uh, okay, so you've got a writable file stream interface. Look at this, right? Um, and you can write a uh, chunk. Oh, so is that you actually get a writable stream, uh, and then Good. you can just write data. You can, but it also it's um, it augments uh, the writable stream. There's also a seek method, yeah, um, and a truncate method. But it is all based on the streams API. That's really nice. That is nice. But I wish I wish we would have we can get a writable stream for a blob. Like I don't see why not. Like why would those? Why would the native file system API invent a new type? Rather a blob than has me- a size, um, which might be a problem for you if you're um, allocating disk space as you're writing. Um, sure, but that's something they they the native file system API now can do anyway. So I, I guess I'm just uh, I, I'm confused by the fact that they're inventing a new type rather than augmenting mm. an existing type. I know that the current type has its limitations, but it just seems now we have two file types. Well, so the the, the chunks of this stream, uh, can one, one of those chunks can be a blob. Like it can be a buffer source blob, string, uh, or this write parameters object, which right. I don't now, really that, know what that, that is. That way I can write a blob to one of these files, but I can't stream yes. into a file except those native file system API files. Correct. Yeah. Um, so I get what you're wanting is like a way to create a blob and then from a stream, from a stream. Hmm. I think the problem is, is that yeah, blobs have a size, so you would need to change blob in some way, right? So, but I would prefer that they change blob than, than inventing a second file type because you already yeah. have a file type on the platform, right? Well, why don't you go file an issue then, Summer? Maybe then. I will, Jake. <laughs> Maybe, Cause... and then I'll patch it in Chrome. Although that seems like a really big thing, and I probably mm, yeah. No, no. I, think, I, I think blobs are really tricky because um, it, it's really difficult to know when you can garbage collect a blob. It's one of the really tricky things. Um, or um, when you can garbage collect storage um, where you have references that may be blobs. I know we have a, a huge problem in the cache API um, with that because you can delete something from the cache, but you can still have a blob reference to something from the cache. So we can't actually delete it real, really, really from the cache <laughs> uh, because you still have the means to read it. Ah, it's loads of fun. That sounds, of- that sounds like a great area to work in. Well, that was a that was a unusual technical start to one of our podcasts, yeah. wasn't it? So, should, should we not talk about the web? Well, we we should definitely address the uh, the virus in the room, shouldn't we? How's how's <laughs> the big virus in the room? Yeah, we're on lockdown virus. now, aren't we? Yeah, about time, really. I mean, 
Yeah. I, 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 so I, I did use my, my one exercise a day. Like we kind of have to use our one exercise outdoors a day to walk our dog because, you know, mm. he, he, he also needs his exercise and his two walks. So my partner and I will be taking shifts. Oh. In, yeah. Right. That's, Smart. that's a thing that you need to think about. Um, and yeah, so on the walk this morning where I live, it's, it's empty. It's a ghost town and it's actually quite nice because it's beautiful weather. And so it's just, you feel like you have it all to yourself. Yeah, I've um I count myself quite lucky because I was already set up to work from home, right? Like that's that's something yeah. I'm quite thankful for because I did that quite a lot. I live outside of London, so I have this garden thing which I usually curse because it's it is actually quite a, a big garden and I am not a oh, gardener. That means a lot of, yeah, a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm generally unhappy with it. But right now, it's pretty nice. I've just been taking reg- regular screen breaks, just walking up and down the garden a little bit. It's because it's nice and sunny here. Uh, which is, this is why the, the British public are so outraged. It's like, it's been raining here for about 10 to 20 years. And now they've announced lockdown. It's and beautiful the sun comes and sunny. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. We actually, uh, we, we did the, we cleaned our balcony. We have a clean and usable and actually really nice balcony. Ah, it's like, you know that that's what happens when you get locked in. Yeah, I it's painted just, a shed. <laughs> you, you painted it. Wow, painted a shed. Well, yeah, me and Jen painted a shed. All, all the the, the things that are on the very bottom of the to do list finally get the attention they deserve. Absolutely, absolutely. But on the the subject of exercise, um, so I I have a fold away. Uh, rowing machine. Uh, mm-hmm. I already had that. That was kind of like my idea. If I'm working from home, I should do the rowing machine in the morning because then I've I've done something uh, aside from just rolling out of bed into uh, the, the study room. And uh, so so it's, yeah, I had that ready to go. But I recently bought an Oculus Quest. Did you now? What gave you that idea, Jake? Yes, it's because a man called Surma showed up <laughs> with his Oculus Quest. Um, back, remember when we could travel? Remember when we could go uh, places and we see were each in other America, face to face? Well, we, I took it with me to America because that thing is portable. And yeah, and I did not care about VR in the slightest. Um, and then you showed me this this Oculus Quest. It's a magic good. device. Yeah, it is the first time that VR made sense to me without having to go full nerd investment on it, basically. Yes. Because we, we had a a a rift, I wanna say, an Oculus Rift at the office. Yes. Um and you know it's kinda nice because there's like a dedicated VR room. It's a small room, but you know it has all the tracking cameras on the frame on the on the walls and a powerful computer. And I was like, it's cool and like it was the first generation Rift. The, the 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 visuals weren't overwhelming, like the displays that were used inside the the headset. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. Like I can kind of see where this is going, but I would never have to set up at home or spend my spare time like playing this. And then the Quest came along, and it was like, wait, 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 wait. You don't need to put tracking devices on the wall because that would not fly with my partner. She would not allow me to 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 butcher our living room or any room really. Yeah, this is it because like when I um. I- when I was at university, I had a PC for games, and I I just found that every time a new game came out that I wanted to play, there was something about that machine I would have to upgrade, and it was expensive, and uh, I didn't just didn't really enjoy, you know, maintaining a gaming PC. Exactly. So that was one of the reasons why I didn't care about VR. And the other one that you said there is the um, 
setting up cameras and that sort of thing. It's like, I'm not going to do that. I don't, I, I just literally don't have the space for it. Yeah. You and know? also the, the headset had a wire that goes to your PC and it was, yeah. it was a bit clunky. Um, well, the, the, the comparison I, I made was like, I, I, for the PS3, I bought a steering wheel because I, I like a bit of driving games. I like go-karting, go that sort of thing. So I thought, I'll get a force feedback steering wheel and have fun with some driving games. Um, and it was great. I absolutely loved it. Um, but after the first month, I would like have some spare time. I'm like, oh, I should, uh, I should play some games. And I'd look across at the steering wheel um, and go, ugh can't be bothered setting it up because i've got to you know connect it up i've got to you know attach it to a table i've got to you know kind of make a chair out of cushions because i didn't have a specialized gaming chair set up you know and then i was just like no i'll just either play the driving game with the controller or just play something else and and that's what i i knew i would do if i had like three grand's worth of vr kit. it would be a total waste of money for the same reason exactly and it's yeah, it's kind of kind of mind blowing that this thing just you don't have a wire, you just have this thing that you put on your head, and then off you go, and it works really well. Because the other thing where it's like portable was the daydream, which was cool to see that it works. It was like where you put your phone in into like a yes. little headset, but it didn't do all the degrees of freedom tracking. So you could like you could tilt and rotate your head, but if you actually moved forwards or backwards or sideways, it couldn't track that. No. No, I, I, so I think the the generations the generations of VR was like we we had cardboard Google cardboard, yeah. which is an absolutely incredible project because it just it brought like a VR experience to people for like a few quid, yes, which, which was um, absolutely amazing. And I think that is still a viable product because it's actually like extremely low budget and pretty much any phone works with it because of how simple it is. Yes, and the daydream came along, and it looked it looked at the cardboard and went, "Hmm, what can we what can we do about this?" And I'm like, "Hmm, we can make it more expensive." And <laughs> it's and the same concept. It. <laughs> well, yeah. the only thing they added was like this this remote that you can point at things in the VR space and basically click buttons, and that made, so it made a big difference in how you could interact with what you were doing. But in terms of I guess how immersive it felt because it still just had the lack of forwards and backwards movement tracking and wasn't that much better. It was still just a phone. So the same kind of pixel density per eye. Yeah. and But when I heard about the Quest, I was kind of worried that it was going to be a, a compromise in, in, in that sort of way. Like I knew it had its own screen, so it'd be better than a phone, but I was still like, hmm. Yeah. Well, that's is the thing. It, it, I thought yeah. it isn't because it is literally the same graphics card as one of the high-end phones. That's just... I, for me, I thought the Quest was literally just like the Daydream, but the phone is like glued in. Yes. Um, but it does have the, the cameras on the outside that do that track the room visually to actually make give you all the six degrees of freedom. And that is really cool and makes a huge difference. Like we... I've been playing loads of Beat Saber and uh, Super Hot, which I think you've been playing as well. Yes. That's just, it's just, yeah, it works. It's fun. It's, 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 I feel awkward because you're like this grown man in your living room and you're doing weird <laughs> contortions and dances to try to win at a game that nobody else can witness. Well, actually, that is one of the things that also sold me on the quest is when you, when you showed me that you can Chromecast. Yes. Uh, what you're seeing. So if you if you do have people round, remember when you could have people round. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you you can cast it to the screen. So if if you're doing like you know a Beat Saber contest or something, taking turns, 
then the other people can actually see what yeah. the other person's seeing in the game. And that that is another huge that like, is selling point. I was more talking about when people see you from the street looking into your living room or something. Oh, yeah. So, so I've been, <laughs> like I said, I've been using it in my kitchen because um, that's the... Uh, in your the kitchen. Space. It's the biggest space I have in my house. And even then, like... How how dangerous is that? Like, are there knives lying around? Because like, in, in Super Hot, you often, you like, th- throw <laughs> things. Like, you actually make throwing movements or grab things from in front of you. I, I can see that if you're in the kitchen and then you smash your hand onto the knife block. No, <laughs> I, did, uh, I did punch a door frame yesterday and it hurt quite a lot. <laughs> But, but I was so uh, so. This is you know part of the thing about I guess these things are built for people with bigger houses because you know once I draw my uh, the area I can play in and it, it kind of goes hmm this is not the uh, two by two meter uh, minimum required gaming area and like yes it is also the biggest space in my house so stop <laughs> making me who can afford two by two meters to be just spare in exactly, the house exactly exactly um, but I was I was playing in in the kitchen and. Uh, and I hadn't realized that uh, Jen, my other half, had, had sort of been talking to one of my neighbors. Um, they had a load of garden waste that they needed to get rid of. Um, and the, 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 Riveting. the tip, what the, I know, it's an exciting chat, but the tip had closed. Like while they were in the queue for it, it had closed down due to the virus. Um, so they'd been talking about like that. And my other half had said, well, we've got a garden bin, so you may as well use ours. Um, and so he, like, while I was playing Beat Saber, he'd come into the back garden and disposed of some stuff <laughs> and then looked into the kitchen. And I, and I just, it was just completely, I didn't know any of this. So it was just when I finished playing, took the VR headset off. Oh, what's this message on WhatsApp? Oh, it's a video of me looking like a prick. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, See, that's what I'm afraid of because I already know that my, my partner would judge me heavily if she saw me playing VR. So I, I I I try to do it when she can't, but on the other hand, it is quite fun, especially because then I um the thing has a browser, mm. a Chromium based browser that has the Web XR API, and so I I did a bit of research and um turns out that 3GS has a brilliant integration with WebXR. So you just use the normal WebXR API to basically request a session, as it's called. Um, which puts the browser basically into full screen and splits, makes two split canvases for one eye each and gives you positional information. You just hand that session to, to 3GS. There's a function called adopt session or something. And now you write WebXR apps. That's incredible. Absolutely it's, incredible. And that was really fun. So I used, I actually wrote a blog post a while ago about this where I ported one of the physics, like you basically, it's a simple game that, Mr. Doop wrote originally? I don't, I'm not sure. But basically in each hand you have a gun and the gun just shoots balls in like a 10 by 10 meter room and the balls bounce off each other and off the room. And so I mm. try to move the physics off the main thread because that's all right. I do. I move stuff off the main thread. <laughs> but the, the side effect was I learned how hard it is to use WebXR and at least with 3JS, it's really not. And that was really interesting. So it really is... There's legitimate concerns about, you know, it's Oculus is still by Facebook and like how, what, what, what are, what are they doing under the hood really? What's their grand plan? I don't know. And honestly, I currently don't care because they have a browser and I can just write my own apps without having to get an SDK or learn a new language or a new platform. It's, it was very liberating to just be able to do some different things as a, for a change of pace. That was nice. I haven't done any of that stuff yet. I have just been playing. Beat Saber and Super Hot, but I, but Beat Saber has become my 
uh, daily exercise. I'm trying. I'm doing one day on the rowing machine, and then uh, on the other days, or sometimes on the same days, I'm doing Beat Saber because it is. It, it gets you hard work. It doesn't. Yeah, it is. I, I and I thought I was doing well because, like, obviously, you get all your friends' scores uh, in the game, and I was starting to hit the top uh, on some of them. Uh, but then that's I realised I was playing the game in hard mode. And you have all moved on to expert mode. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I'm king of my little domain. And I'm fine with that. But I'm no, well, I, I it's time for me know. to go back and see if I can beat D- your scores. ruin my scores, yeah. <laughs> Just to give me... I mean, that, Thanks, that was, mate. Thanks, I, mate. When I started, I um, befriended Mr. Dupe, the author of 3JS, who is yes. really, really good. And I actually had a similar experience in that I... Uh, also, it was medium or hard that I was on, and I was like trying to beat one of his scores, and eventually I did. And most of the time, the Oculus app on your phone will give you notification that somebody has beat your high score. Mm. And so his phone must have given him notification that I beat his high score. And literally on the next day, he had gotten the high score back, and that's also where I realized <laughs> that he's on expert and expert plus, and it's just like impossible. Oh, I haven't even looked at expert plus yet. Oh, it's well. bonkers. Absolutely. <sighs> we should link to a video on like expert plus because on YouTube you can actually watch people play it. Like they, they green screen themselves into the game. Oh. And you can watch fancy. them <laughs> play the game. It's, it's silly. But at least if people haven't seen Beat Saber, it might give them an idea on what you have to do. Hmm. Oh, well, okay. We should, should we talk about the, I mean, have we talked about the web yet? I mean, we've, we've, no. It's been oddly tech focused. Yeah, so I guess, far. I guess, yeah. Um, should we? Should we? I should we, we? Should we? I I actually don't have any. I I mostly so we we did ask on for questions on Twitter. Yes, and yes, we I, did. I'm looking forward to that. Do we want to do that now? We we can do. What one of the things that I was really delighted about is like one of the most popular asked things uh, was folks wanted to know the difference between cause. Corp, co-op, uh, same site cookies, all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. And it was so satisfying because like a, a week or two earlier, we filmed an episode on that. Yes, that's going to be a video episode on that. R- remember videos. Yeah, before everything got locked down. That's, that's yeah. going to come out soon-ish. Yes, uh, yeah, in a few weeks, I imagine. Um, but one of the questions that caught my eye, um, and it would be an interesting one for us to discuss because there isn't really a, a, a right answer uh, this came in from uh matt greenfield god this feels professional doesn't it oh a question came in from uh matt greenfield and he asks uh what's the correct response for a search that finds no results uh is it no content an empty array or 404 not found that's i, I thought it was a really interesting question that is and it, it brings me back to my 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 olden days as a back-end engineer when we would spend days arguing over restful semantics to mm. figure out exactly this, like what's the correct status code, what is the correct content in the response, and so on and so forth. So, so um, yeah, you, you go first. What do you think? Well, well I would. Um, I, I guess this question is framed as, as like you say, a, a REST response, uh, an HTTP-based API. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting to take a step back and and think of like. What what would uh, what would you do if this was a, a JavaScript API uh, or, or something similar? And right. I mean, we have precedent, right? Query selector all. Query selector all is a it's a good one. Yeah, um, and that will return an empty array. A, an empty array, more or less. I mean, it's a uh, node list. Well, but... A node list. Yeah, fair enough. Yes, but it, an empty an empty set. 
An empty uh, node list, I guess, is not much different from an empty array. Although, now that I say that, will that empty array, that empty node list, will start to populate if you add things to the DOM, won't it? No. <laughs> I was I was about to talk about this as well, because this is one of the weirdest parts of the DOM, right? Is the live node list. Yeah. Um, so a... <sighs> Let's talk about live node lists first, so make sure okay. that everybody knows. So if you call uh, so something dot child nodes, mm -hmm. uh, something um, uh, get elements by tag name, mm -hmm. uh, these return live node lists as in um, when the DOM changes, they will update. Magically, just on, yeah. Yeah, so, so you could uh, get elements by tag name A, and it could return like an empty set because you, you've got no links on the page. If you then put a link on the page, that object is now updated which i kind of it feels it, it feels correct in the child nodes case um it feels i guess weird in the get elements by tag name and i think yeah. the difference there is one's a function and one is just a property and it's also because it 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 feels weird to me because the the performance hit of updating that list happens once you access the list right like basically it re requeries the, the DOM when you want to access the first element of the live node list. That's how I understand it. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it updated sooner than that, it would be still spec compliance because it'd be, you know. Uh, I guess it, I guess it could be an implementation detail. Yeah. Um, but when uh, query selector and query selector all happened, it was defined to be a static node list. <laughs> so those ones do not update, just to confuse people, but also for performance reasons. So right? how is a static node list different from an array? Well, uh, it doesn't <laughs> have the array methods, does it? Um, oh, that, yeah, great. <laughs> great choice. Okay, right. Okay, we had, okay, second tangent. Do you know why this is? Do you know why typically the DOM didn't have um, arrays and things like this? This is all down to um, web IDL, really. Like... The first versions of the DOM spec um, kind of spelled out how everything would work, but it had to work in isolation because then another section of the DOM spec uh, would define the bindings for JavaScript mm -hmm. and also Java. Java? Yes. And then obviously, I, it's, this wasn't in the spec, but Microsoft had their own bindings for VBScript because you, you used to be able to <laughs> do course, script yeah. type VBScript, right? Um, so th th they had this idea that the, the, the DOM uh, had to be as much as possible, um, like entirely language independent. Yeah, yeah, I see that. So that's why we ended up with node lists and things like that. Since then, they decided that was stupid. And um, so really, the difference is that node list is a language agnostic list, array. while array yeah. is a JavaScript specific implementation of a list. Exactly that. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense. That actually now makes it seem quite nice. It's just a shame that through that, we lose whatever. We, we The web is what it is. We, we... Yeah, I think the worry was like, if you did have like this set of bindings and you were returning a platform array, it's like, well, if you, if you wanted to extend it uh, and add stuff, especially if it was live, um, it'd be very difficult to add on to a, a platform object. Um, 
but also if you wanted to add extra methods onto it, they they might clash with the bindings in one language but not another. And, 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 and it doesn't, but it doesn't matter, right? It was a bad bad decision, right? And, right. and that's why we just have arrays now. Uh, so how how did we end up here? What were we talking yes. about? Uh, rewind. Okay, so unpop um, the stack. Unpop that stack. We have. Um, so okay, we're looking at APIs uh, and what they do when right. uh, there's nothing found. The the other way this could go um, is to throw an exception, and th there is some precedent here in terms of or in Python. If you access um, an array item that doesn't exist, um, or if you access a, a property of a dictionary and it doesn't exist, it will well throw an error. Python calls it raise an error. See, Python um, is just no. <laughs> I think I think that's wrong as well, and it's and and Python also like in a dictionary, a dictionary has a dot get method, um, where you you dot get and then you pass in the item of the the key of the dictionary, um, and that won't throw that'll return none, which I guess is similar to JavaScript's undefined. Um, I'm trying to think back to my Go days, if I remember correctly, in Go, depending, so you you have maps obviously, and if you access a key or an array, um, it will throw unless you use the second you use um, you destructure the value that you get because the second parameter that you get back is basically a variable called OK, which can be false if you actually access an invalid index of the array or the map. Mm. So depending on if you destructure or not, will either throw or set the OK variable to false, which. At the time, I thought it was quite elegant. The more I think about it, the more magic it seems, and I'm not sure if I still like it. But it's 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 a very common pattern. Um, so they're using destructuring instead of uh, try catch. Is that the um, sort of way it's well, working? Well, or it I just completely of, misunderstood that. No, it's just like so. If you just say okay, x equals array at index four, mm -hmm. but the array only has three elements, that will throw. Right, like Python. Yeah or panic, as it's called in Goland. If you say x comma OK equals array at index 4, it will not throw. It will just set OK to false and set x to the default value for whatever type the array is. Yeah, so that is like a try-catch. You've, you've, kind of. You, 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 you catch, catch the OK value, kind of. Just that it never actually does a catch under the hood, which is a bit more, in terms of efficiency, it's better in that you don't do the whole unrolling the stack procedure it's literally it under the hood i think it's a different method invocation so to speak but Interesting. yeah um yeah bringing back to the original question um actually you you were talking about do, do you want it to go anywhere with this <laughs> well i was i wanted to like i so it seems like we've settled on this idea that um like it, it's a you return an empty set it's not exceptional but um slight slight tangent i wanted to talk about like somewhere where i got very confused about uh, that sort of thing, and that's with promises. I uh, oh when, yeah when when we first got promises, I uh, spent the longest time uh, thinking of like it, if you uh, requested a set of things like a you know query selector all type of thing, but it was async. Yeah. Um, if it returned, it's like uh, cache API match all, right? Yes. So for query selector and query selector all, uh, if, if it had nothing to return. I, in my head, the right thing to do was uh, to uh, reject a promise because uh, then you could deal with yeah. that in the catch. That was um, a lot of confusion, I think, when promises were still fairly new where people 
were kind of using rejecting promises as a negative return value. Yes, because you had a nice convenient control flow with promises for that, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and it, it really took um, async functions to explain to me. <laughs> yeah, async await really made it clear that that doesn't match well because await will turn a reject promise into a throw. Yes. And that pretty much makes it clear like these are exceptions and should be used for exceptional and unexpected circumstances. So yep. it is very much okay for a promise to resolve with a negative result, so to speak. Right. And 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 this frees you up to use the exceptional case for exceptions, right? So if you're getting some data from a source, then the exceptional case is I could not find this out. I mean, due that's to even, a connection error or whatever. That was something that people were first confused about with fetch as well, in that if you do a fetch and the server responds with a five hundred, that mm. is that resolves. That that is a promise resolving with a response with a status code 500 which also which i think makes sense because if you think about it, like the network communication succeeded you did communicate to the server you did the fetch and you got a response the fact that on a semantic level that response symbolizes something went wrong is kind of independent of that the fetch worked yes but then i, I at agree the, at the application layer something else happened that equates to an error but not at the fetch level yes all right, so let's let's go back to our um, HTTP uh, style API. Yeah. Um, and I, so we're agreeing that uh, an empty set is is not an exception. So we can discount all of the five hundred status codes. Right. The four hundred ones, I would still say they are exceptional. So here's here's how oh. I would tackle this problem. For me, rest. If you think about RESTful APIs, most of the times is about, you know, documents and collections of documents. Mm -hmm. And searching most often only makes sense on collections of documents. So you have an endpoint called slash users, which is your collection of users. And then you can use, for example, the query parameter of the URL to do a search on this collection of users. And the collection has been found, it exists. It's just that the search parameters limit it down to an empty set as a result. So for me, it would be very clear 200 with a JSON response empty array. I agree. But if you were querying the details for a specific user and that user ID did not match a user in the database, that would be a 404. Right. That would be, that would be something like you would do a get request on slash user singular slash user ID. And if that user doesn't exist, then you return a 404 because that user has not been found. Agreed. I, but if the, if, if, uh, Matt Greenfield, who sent in the question, sent you, thank you very much, uh, meant that by a search, then yes, that would be a 404 case because you're trying to access a singular resource and it doesn't exist. Therefore, 404. If you let search for me means like you have a collection and you want to find something in that collection. Yes, it, you get multiple results. If if yeah. it's an, if you had an API that was you know get me the first user that uh, ha has the name Jake, and there exactly are... if it's like a, the kind of find semantic, you find the first one that matches. Even then, I I guess the result would be no content if your result doesn't return anything. Uh, yeah, I guess. And, and but so, so someone on the Twitter thread also suggested no content, which is uh, two or four are. Uh, HTTP uh, status code neighbor, um, but that is in. If you do a two or four, you cannot have a message body. 
yep. else you're violating the spec. So if you were returning an object to say, you know, result not found, um, or like, you know, you know, if you wanted to return a result like you search for this, did you actually mean this? Um, then you cannot do a 204. Taking a look at the status codes real quick, I wonder if there's like, uh, no, nothing that, that looks good. No, yeah, and it would be two for, it, I guess it could also be a 404 on the find. Then again, I would find, give me the first thing that matches semantics kind of weird. I would actually probably phrase that as a search on a collection with a query parameter that's called limit, where you just limit it to one result. Because sure, that disambiguates the entire thing. I guess, but then how, how often do you use query selector? Never, Jake. I would never do that. Because <laughs> that's the semantics there, right? It's 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 returning you the first match. But I, to I, be I fair, I only us... use it when I know that there's only one match. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what we all do. Um, and it doesn't enforce that. It doesn't throw if there's multiple matches. But um, the that's thing what with... we generally use it as. It makes API... a small API design, I feel like, is often better gives you less corner cases to handle when you write clients for that API. Well, they screwed that up by calling it query selector then, didn't they? <laughs> well, I meant, I meant like web APIs. Yeah, I, right? agree. Like, I agree. So it's, it's, if, you, if you then, because you end up having to write the client for that REST API, you want to make sure that whatever you write is really robust mm-hmm. and can handle error case as well. And then having less variance for the same kind of query. Like if you have two ways with the same query, you're already in bad territory but yeah i i yeah i like this question it was a good question it was wasn't it but so I, I guess that's our decision isn't it like for if it's a single entry you're getting by an id uh 404 um if it's a, a collection search then just as 200 but with an empty list um if it's search for the first thing if it's kind of search for one thing or we don't know uh, probably 404 still i would say maybe yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. say four or four. Yeah, but I, but in in that case, you you wouldn't. Well, it depends. It, it kind of depends on how you define search. I think if it's yeah. um, otherwise, it's an empty array. Right. Yeah, it is because it's not an exceptional case. If you do query selector, you'll get uh, undefined or null back. That would be a good quiz, wouldn't it? Undefined or null for all of these <laughs> APIs. Because <laughs> you know what? I don't know. Um, Oh, we'll keep that in a pocket because we've been talking about doing a podcast with the uh, Fish and Scripts guys, and I know they uh, they like a good quiz, don't they? That they, would, like, that would be a, they like that a good quiz. One. Maybe, mm. maybe we'll undefined or null. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope they don't listen to this and do some research. Uh, yeah, that was a really good question. I like that. Ah, there we go. Um, I in the list, and you teased at the the end of. Last week's show. God, we've never been able to say last week's show. Last oh, week's. That's, oh, look at that's us. A, that's amazing. Stepping um, up the frequency. You you promised uh, u- urinal, u- urinal story. Uh, <laughs> u- urinal story. Urinal. Yeah. I, it, it was weird because I, um, I was, and this might shock you, I was at a urinal. No. And this dude walked up next to me doing urinal things as well as as you do when you're at a urinal and started making these sounds that made me question if he knew where he was at because they were quite moany and <laughs> and and grunty and I was like mm. either 
you meant to use one of the stalls here or you're doing things you're not supposed to be doing in public right now. And, uh. and it made me very uncomfortable. And so I, I hurried as best I could. And <laughs> <laughs> he, he was enjoying himself a bit too much. It seemed like it. And I walked away and then I realized that from the other side, he had a Bluetooth headset in one of these little mini nubbins that you can can barely see. And apparently that was just his way of acknowledging that he heard was what the other person on the other end of the phone was saying to him. So it was more of like an agreeing. Oh. <laughs> but he just, I think he, he grabbed into the wrong sound bag in his brain. <laughs> and Amazing. And that's that that yeah just don't do that in general i find it weird to be on the phone while at the the urinal it is absolutely never okay it's <laughs> never okay it's never okay don't what do you, i no don't no. phone don't phone someone when you're on the toilet like, i know we're uh, in social distancing mode and everything but still not okay it's definitely not okay um when i was uh actually when i was flying back from uh San Francisco last. Remember uh, flying? Remember flying? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that would have been like Feb- January, February, whatever. And um, I, I, I was in the lounge, wasn't I? Because uh, I'm a gold card holder. Uh, not for I, long. Not for long. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> quite a goodbye to that. Um, but I was, I, was in, I was having a poo uh, in the stall, but the person next to me was having a much uh, less pleasant experience. And, you know, you, you feel for someone when they're, you know, having that much trouble. Uh, but uh, it was difficult not to laugh when at one point, he, he, you know, you can imagine the noises. Uh, um, <laughs> but then at one point, he, he just kind of went, oh God. That <laughs> 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 oh, poor man. Um, and then, uh, you know, he clearly wasn't well. And then... Oh, you don't we... want to feel like that at the airport, do you? Like that's not the state you want to be in when you're about to board a plane. Um, well, he wasn't. This is the thing, because uh, we kind of came out the stalls at the same time, uh, and that's when I realised uh, he was the one uh, serving the food in the lounge. <laughs> that's also not what you want to hear when you're just potentially. It isn't. Have... <laughs> <laughs> it's a new world. You wouldn't do that anymore, would you? That's, uh... <laughs> no, you really wouldn't. <laughs> so it's like mm, I might skip the sandwiches. <laughs> Because I don't fancy that on the flight home. Uh, no, if you're, if you're yeah. stuck for 11 hours in the flying metal tube. and oh. you're, No, you really don't want to do that. So we're, we're, we're at 40-odd we're at minutes, depending on how this edits down. Now, that's... Uh, do, should we... Uh, should, should we do, cut this one like relatively short as well, and and then we could just we you know keep shifting content into the next episode if we're going to yeah, do, do. We these still more have frequently. a bunch of questions I didn't want to talk about, but I'm happy to do that in the next episode. I have a qu- couple of quick fire ones. You know, I'm going to do oh, yeah. Yeah, do a bunch do of quick fire ones. So hmm. Paul Melero asked, okay. "It'd be really helpful to show examples of web workers with Gatsby Next Nux Sepper stacks." I wrote a blog post. Go read it. <laughs> oh, I see. This is an excuse to uh, link to your blog posts. Okay. Um, um, Eric, well, make sure you send me those, as I can do the show notes. Um, they're in. In uh, they're already in there. You will see. I'll link to doc. Oh, well done. Um, Thank you. Eric Isaacson asked: ES module performance in the browser both dyna- both dynamic and centered on secure HTTP two and HTTP one. And I thought, I mean, this is a quick one because I think nothing has changed much here since. 
I think two years ago, our former colleague um, Sergio wrote a long analysis on the module performance, and I don't think much has changed. Has is it? this is, is this about um, like leaving things unbundled versus bundling? Is that the question here? I, I think so. Like, but mm. dynamic and standard, I guess, he meant static, like dynamic import and static import. Like, it's 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 effectively a fetch under the hood. The only thing with modules is that they can cascade because a static import can have other static imports. And so that's yes. one of the biggest problems that you, that you, for performance reasons, you should flatten that tree. And that's what bundlers do. So you still yes. need to flatten. And he added on secure HTTP2 in HTTP1. I don't think it makes a difference. I mean, on HTTP1, we all know that we have the, the head of line blocking problem. So many requests will just take longer than on HTTP2. But yes. other than that, just don't worry about it. Surf your yeah. web over secure HTTP2. You should be doing that anyway, and you'll be HTTP good to go. push is trash. So yeah, don't use push. Preload, preload is much better. Preload um, is okay. Um, so I found out something interesting about rollup uh, yesterday uh, that I didn't I didn't realize. Um, if you do your your build with rollup um, and it's done code splitting. So it's uh you know you, you've you've got an entry file but yeah. uh, it has code split so um you know it's, it's going to make a request for another file because that's shared with something else and then if it splits again because there's a few levels of code splitting happening mm -hmm. rollup will hoist that import into the entry file it effectively oh. does all of the preloads for you that's clever isn't that clever I so maybe there are other tools that do this as well I just I. I didn't know. So it means that um, from your entry file in Rollup, you will only have that one. It has to download the first file, and then it will download the rest. It doesn't do extra levels because it's hoisted all of that up. Um, and apparently, uh, a colleague, Phil Walton, was, was pointing out that this this actually does have some overhead in terms of processing in Chrome, uh, like like the way it has to d check the modules twice because they're referenced mm -hmm. in multiple places. Um, but I, I don't know. It seems like such a a win in terms of networking. Yeah, I, mean, I think um, the, the, the IO is always a bottleneck, right? Like hitting the network, hitting yeah. a, checking a cache in Chrome, whatever. Yeah, it will be a bit slower than if you inline it, I guess, but it's probably worth it. But if you're doing something like you're generating all of the preload tags yourself, uh, you can actually turn that behavior off in Rollup um, to, to avoid this overhead. Which is what we did in Prox, right? Uh, yes, that's what we did in Prox. I, we didn't turn off that flattening thing because I didn't know it existed. <laughs> <laughs> it might not have even existed back then. I I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe not. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was that's super super smart. Have you any more questions? Um, there was Tyler Reif, Wayne Patterson, and Bastian Weidelich, I'd assume, who asked about web workers, shared workers, and generally actor model with web workers on the web. I wonder sometimes mm. if they ask questions when they already know that I or that we did stuff on that because it seems mm. like these are the things that I've been working on. Shared workers. Don't don't use them there. I mean, Safari still doesn't have them. The other browsers now do. But well, we don't we don't have them on Android. Right, they're not uh, on mobile. I was about to say that. So we had them on Chrome desktop. So I I would just consider them non-existent. And I haven't found a good use case most of the time. I think Google Docs uses them, but I don't know. It's really handy if you're wanting to do things like share storage. Like if you have a storage system that is um, asynchronous but doesn't have transactional protection um something like a shared worker a central place for this processing to happen is is really nice um 
Wouldn't a service uh, worker be sufficient? A service worker would be sufficient, yeah. Um, At least it has support on mobile and other browsers. Yes. So what, one of the things that you could use a shared worker for is uh, if you have a storage system that's maybe a bit slow, uh, like maybe has <laughs> I.O. stuff, you could use your shared worker as a caching layer. Because if you know that is the only thing that is going to be reading and writing, uh, then you can like bring stuff into memory. You you can have stuff that you know is not fully written yet, but other stuff can read from it. Uh, uh, yeah, and then you've just got the post message overhead rather than disk I/O. Um, yeah. But again, it's not. Yeah. It's niche, right? Like, I mean, I'm not saying there's no use case, but in general, I feel like they we have bigger fish to fry currently, I guess, on the web. But they exist. I, I just don't think I've never considered them a, an option because of their lacking support on mobile and Safari. Agreed. I'd like, us, I'd like us to have them at some point for, for those yeah. cases. But yeah, for right now, I, I think, you know, do it with a service worker instead. Uh, and um, if you can't, then sorry. So the other three things, deep dive on web workers. I have a three-part blog post series that hopefully is a deep dive. Actor model with JavaScript. I gave a talk at Chrome Dev Summer 2018 with Paul Lewis on the actor oh, model. Look at you go. Um, this one this one is outside. Like Emilio Martinez asked about developing for low-end devices, including devices with a D-pad. Uh, Key difference. Oh, are we, we going to pimp out our talk again? Uh, yeah, because there was also a second one. person, uh, Vishal Joshi, who said, "How would you choose to build an app or website in 2020 for low bandwidth and super slow devices?" P.S. Not a client-side game, and I found that interesting oh. because actually the stack that we used for Prox, <laughs> I would use the same stack even if it wasn't a game. So um, the. Chrome Dev Summit website, we developed that uh, with low-end devices in mind. Uh, I would say we didn't actually do a ton of testing uh, we didn't. on it. Um, we wanted we to, did. but time kind of ran out. But it, yeah. is, it has a 240-pixel design, like Adam did a design in 240 pixels. Yes, and there is very little JavaScript going on on that site, which is really the key to making a... Uh, I mean, obviously, the client-side game we built has a ton of JavaScript, but my general advice for those kind of feature phones is uh, don't run JavaScript. Like, yeah, that, that's the easiest way to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it also means like a lot of these feature phones are running old versions of browsers, uh, like the, the Kai OS devices, uh, like old Firefox. Um, although maybe they'll get an upgrade soon since they've been working closer with Yeah, Mozilla. who knows? Um, but an easy way to deal with uh, old browsers uh, and old browsers JavaScript is just don't serve JavaScript to them. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty and, much. And make sure your stuff works without JavaScript. And then that means you can, you know, in your JavaScript, you can stick to modern JavaScript, which is yay. Yeah. You know, that's great. And other, and other than that, we, we did find that using workers was actually quite essential on the super low-end phones. But we have an entire talk about that that Mariko gave at yes. IO 2019. Right? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, back back uh, when we had, do you remember Google I.O.? Remember, <laughs> uh, remember other countries. And the last question uh, I have on the list, right. Samuel Algozi, what is up with content editable? Any progress on plain text only or events or anything uh, really? I was avoiding this question because <laughs> I, don't... I have not worked with content editable for uh, probably about 15 years. And Same. I, it was bad back then. And as far it's as I know- bad. I think it's still bad. bad. I'm not sure it's a priority. I think most editors just choose to implement their own editing and event system. Which is sad. I guess, yeah, maybe it should be. But then again, content editable 
just lets you edit the content like it doesn't let you move things around or change the size like it if you once you open up that can of worms it just becomes a whole new like what you see is what you get editor effort so yeah. i i don't know where to draw the line and so for now i i have never used content editable in a feasible way so here's something that i i only learned uh last year the year before but uh like there's a content editable mode that is text only Wait, what? So yes, it's it's like a it's about well, a content editable mode, that's text only. As in, like the you know when you paste stuff into it, it's just pasted as text. Uh, you can't like switch into bold, italic, that sort of stuff. Right. Um, and this is actually really useful if you want to make a text area that uh, shrinks and expands to fit the content, which Ooh. is extremely hard to do with uh, a text area. Uh, yeah, actually, there might be decent solutions for that now, but I remember that being a, a real pain. But this this text only um, content editable is a nice way of doing that. But I think it's only Chrome that has that. It's is, a shame. Is design mode still a thing? Document oh. design mode on. Oh, hopefully not. Oh, totally is. I can totally edit my entire blog this way. It basically puts everything into content editable. And apparently turn spell checking on. I'm not sure what else it does. I don't think I can drag around anything, but I can just no. add text. Everywhere. So if you if you if you open DevTools, document dot design mode to on. Not true. The string on. <sighs> then I love the history of this actually. I, I wonder I wonder if this came from the uh, kind of inbuilt designer that old Netscape used to have, or was it if it's maybe, maybe a front page thing? I I wonder where that came from. It's just lovely that we shipped the code for that. It's just yeah. <laughs> so funny. All right, now uh, I've I've almost got us up to an hour. I apologize, but I thought the quick fire questions we should get out the way. Uh, we no, have some then, some longer ones that we can keep. Yeah, there's lots of stuff that we we didn't get to this episode that we can shove for another episode. There's still the the update for my jury duty. Not got time oh. for that. Um, I want to again. I want to talk about double keying and request storage access. In, in <laughs> I'm just Safari. gonna keep distracting you until you forget. <laughs> and uh and i've been working on portals recently uh that was one of the questions we had in as well yeah. so i do want i do want to talk to uh, talk about that the nice thing about the, the longer we put off the discussion about portals the more i will know about portals because i'm actively <laughs> working through that stuff uh <laughs> so it'll soon it'll be a three-part episode just on portals <laughs> so, just like your three-part um, blog post series on IndexedDB that never appears oh my god do you know what i oh you know that it, was a good time to finish it uh, yes, uh, there's loads of stuff that I I, I don't paint the shed. The do. Finish got, that blog post series. Well, I, I've also got this. Uh, I'm building a game, uh, a, a nice ah, little social ah, yeah, game. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like I really want to get that done because it seems like the right time to have a social game out there. So I am going to try and get that done this week. So if next episode, if I haven't released it, then I I will apologize. Um, and but yes, that 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 index DB article on on my uh, IDB library, um, which I'll put a link to. There you go. <laughs> um, but but people like post issues going, uh, this bit's not working, and I'm like, well, that's actually just how index DB works, and I, I'm able to post a chapter from <laughs> this article. <laughs> Is, is he, like, here's a chapter from the article I haven't finished yet. Um, and so basically, so has, if I just go through the issues, I can kind of stitch together the article if I yes, do it diligently yes, enough. Yes, you can. <laughs> Great. Um, and uh, Adam Argyle, one of our colleagues, he he, he posed the question. He just said, geek yes. out about frame rates. And I 
really oh, we, want to do we, that. We, we shall comply with his request next I time. I love that stuff. And we could tie that into the VR stuff as well, because there's lots of oh, yeah. interesting uh, frame rate stuff there as well. Um, but before we go, like I've, I've, I've got a story that um, I've been umming and ahhing whether to put in the podcast or not, because mm. um, I feel it might be too extreme. Uh, ah. For this, for the podcast, so I thought I could put it at the end of a podcast, uh, and therefore, if anyone feels that they need to, um, at any point, socially distance themselves from <laughs> to, to, this to story, keep, to keep their mental innocence intact, you can just stop listening because you're not going to miss any tech stuff. We're not going to put any tech stuff beyond this point, so you will miss free. the outro. You'll miss the outro music, but it's okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, so at any point, just pause, pause, well, stop the podcast and do, do the song yourself. Uh, say, happy next time out loud. <laughs> and everything is okay. Everything is okay. Because um, I want to talk about a pub that, uh, remember pubs? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes. One of my favorite pubs, it's in the village next to me. Um, but I, I don't think I can eat there anymore. Um, because I think I have an allergy. I've never had an allergy in my life, but I I can't eat at this pub uh, without getting a bit ill. Uh, and and it's not I, I'm having the same food as other people. Uh, I have I have um, since then I've traced it down to the food because I've gone to this pub and not had uh, alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, and then I've I've. Uh, had alcohol, but I've, you know, I've tried all the combinations, and it seems whenever I have the food, I have, uh, I, I get quite, I get quite ill, um, and this doesn't multiply well with the fact that this pub is a forty-five minute walk away, <laughs> and so yeah, there have been times when uh, we would go to this pub for a pub quiz, uh, and then on the uh, on the walk back, um, I would sometimes have to uh, just say. <laughs> Uh, I'd say to my, my my girlfriend and and my friend who would often come to the pub with me, it's like, I got I gotta go, I gotta go, and I would have to um, get home uh, quicker Quickly. than I otherwise would. <laughs> but but when um, but when it because I I guess I haven't made it uh, so utterly clear that this is a poo problem. <laughs> so, no, I am shocked mm, shocked could, to hear this. Who could have known? <laughs> And when that is happening, you need, I mean, obviously you need to get home quickly, mm-hmm. but running is really not an option. <laughs> oh, is this, is this how Nordic walking was invented? Yeah. You, you have to sort of, <laughs> yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to sort of shut everything down, but also run at the same time. <laughs> it's it is an it is an action that I'd I, I'd started to perfect, <laughs> the, the sort of clenched um, shuffle. I, 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 yeah, shuffle. Yeah, it is a shuffle, and and um, yeah, it is it is a most unpleasant situation that I like. I um, but I, I started to become slightly like quite expert at it um, until a couple of months ago. I didn't make it. Oh no! I know. You, what? What? Ha- no. Do I want to know? I don't know. Uh, this is like this is me as an adult. Like <laughs> I, I, I got. Oh man, I got to within ten meters of my house. Well, at least you were in. Oh, of your house, you were still outside. 
I was still outside. That's bad. It is. It is bad. I. So, okay. Here's here, here's here's what went down. Uh, <laughs> Quite uh, literally. Uh, well, okay. Um, have you seen the movie Inside Out? Yes. The Pixar one. Yes, right? of course. And you know, like, it's, 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 you know, it's a lovely, it's a lovely film. It's a great film. Um, and part of the the sort of end of the story, one of the the things is, is that sort of, especially as you uh, mature, uh, you reach an emotional maturity where um, memories can be more than one emotion at once. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how the film sort of ends. Like there was a sort of happy, sad moment. You know? Yes. This was just sad. No, this was a this was a like a mixture of relief and shame. <laughs> but the strongest. I'm just of trying to imagine feelings. what the character relief would be like in the. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never felt so much of either of those feelings at once <laughs> in my life. Um, but yeah, and this is just I oh it was like. Just, just, I didn't, I, at first I was like, I don't know what to do, but also it's like, well, my my girlfriend's c- coming back to the house, but so, so is... So you, you ran ahead, so you were... Oh, yes. She yes. was oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. witnessing this in real time. No, do you know what? I, As far as I know, this was not witnessed. That, I mean, that's good. So, um, but, but not only was she, you know, coming back... Uh, the time was running out again. My mate, but my, my mate Rob who had been to the pub was also coming back to the house. Now, if it was just Jen, I would have been like, oh, Jen, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because, I, you know, at that time, like I say, shame running at a, a record high, I did not want my mate Rob to know what's going on. So I was just like, well, what do I, what do, I do? And so, like, running to the rest of the house was essentially an exercise of, like, grabbing my kneecaps or grabbing my jeans around my kneecaps to form a sort of seal. <laughs> oh no. Uh, this is my therapy. This is my therapy, right? Like we're down to zero listeners already. Yeah, yeah this, you're, this you're, is your safe space. This is You're you're gonna listen through the rest of this because I need to I need to tell someone, you know? Um so I just bolted in into the house, up the stairs, and I, I, at this point I hadn't really I, I wasn't verifying the seal was working. I was just really hoping at this point. Um, but what I do have, uh, I have an ensuite bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I was able to like, bedroom closed, in the bathroom, bathroom closed. Uh, so I'm kind of like two doors away from uh, anyone, uh, well, especially my mate Rob, right? Yeah. yeah. Who, was, who was the person I was trying uh, to, to not Say you know, find face. out about yeah. this. Yes, exactly. So in there, uh, and, you know, just trying to deal with the situation, let's call it. I have never wanted to just exit, <laughs> you know, like in my head, just, I just don't want to deal with this, you know, like I have never, oh God, I've never, I've never felt, I just want to, I just want, like if, if I could pay someone else right now to just take control of my brain and wake me up when it's all dealt with because I I am not in a good way um but like so I anyway I had to deal with it um so I, I kind of like you know took the clothes off as best I could uh without you know 
<laughs> making contact with any other surfaces. <laughs> I, didn't you like jump into a shower or something and just take it off in the shower? Well, I, I so this at the time I was sort of sat on the toilet uh, and I, I, I kind of thought like it would be good multitasking to take the, <laughs> as many clothes off as I could while there. Because I, I, I don't know. I look look. Let you, what you say is correct. Like that is the right thing to do. But I was not thinking entirely. No, straight. I can imagine. <laughs> so, but but you're right. What I did do is I did I did just throw the clothes in the shower, along with myself. And <laughs> Literally, <laughs> that's a great visual. Dived in, and I uh, I showered right because this this is the you know. So and, he's my, so the the, mm, the hot water. The, yeah. The steam. Mm, yes. That rises mm. up. Yes. And probably brings all the smell with it. Yes. It, it, it yes. It was, let's say, not ideal. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. Th- th- those, and, you know, I would say, right, the smell it was not great to begin with, but you, if you boil, if you try and boil it, <laughs> oh, oh my God. Anyway, so, okay. So that, that, that now the obvious question is, Later, yes. once you you had purged yourself and cleaned yourself, Cleaned and myself. probably got got a, got a new pair mm-hmm. of jeans on and whatnot. Yeah, I'm 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 redressed in. Did clean you clothes. did you retrace your literal steps to see if the seal was indeed a seal? Well, I felt like I I wanted to. I, I also wanted to to do something about the clothes. I just didn't. I didn't want to leave them there. Uh, especially I was worried about smell spreading. I mean, I really, at this point, I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened. Um, but I wanted to deal with the clothes. Um, so at this point, I, I, I went downstairs, fresh clothes, whatever. Um, and I, uh, but thankfully, I, I, no one noticed that. It was great because like, my um, my mate uh, and, and my girlfriend was sort of in the living room. Uh, and... I, saw, I popped in and said, hi. And my mate was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm I'm fine now. Would you like a gin and tonic? And he's like, yes, I would. Like, Excellent. Good. Um, but, right, what I did was I, I went into the kitchen and I got a bin bag, right, a bin liner, uh, a refuse sack, I guess they call it in the parts of the world. Uh, and I was treating this, you, you'll know this thing, I was treating this like a big doggy poo bag. <laughs> Yes. Uh, it's a sort of, I, I took the, the yeah, I made, made a gin tonic, delivered that, and then went into the um, uh, the shower uh, and just sort of <laughs> wrapped the clothes in the bin bag, uh, sealed sealed in the freshness. And uh, I was now worried of like, ah, oh, if I go downstairs, there's a good chance that someone might encounter me and be like, why have you got a big pooey bin bag? And so I... I very smart. Jake smart. Is he though? My bedroom backs onto the garden, which is where <laughs> the bins are. So I uh just I dropped the bin bag out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I did I checked I checked that the kitchen light wasn't on first cuz obviously <laughs> that would have raised more questions. <laughs> If a bin bag just sort of fell outside in plain sight of everyone, but no, no, it, you know, I was, I'm, I was getting smarter uh, as the night was going on, so that that was dropped outside, and uh, and then like I I went downstairs uh, and then went out into the garden, 
picked up the bin bag, popped it in the bin. Done. Oh, you threw the clothes away. Oh, mate, I, I know that's incredibly wasteful, but I did not want, like, I, I, no. I was just trying to get them into the washing machine. No, no, mate, they were gone. They, they were gone. <laughs> they, they were gone, man. <laughs> they were beyond rescue. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was not, no, that was not happening. Um, yeah, there isn't a wash hot enough or long enough that would have uh, rescued those clothes. <laughs> Uh, so yes, I, I just put them in the bin, uh, and, and that was that done. And I, this, I, I felt I was like, again, this was another feeling of relief because I was like, I've done it right. Like the, the, all of that stress, like just that, like, I felt like the worst experience of my life, and um, I'd sorted it out. And, and so I just, I kind of before going back through to the living room to like <laughs> commence socializing as if none <laughs> of the stuff had actually happened, I did just sort of sit in uh, my dining room. Uh, just for a moment, just to kind of calm down and collect things. And I just sort of, I just sat there. I just took, I just took a few, just a few deep breaths. It's like, ah, where is my wallet? You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> back into the, back into the garden, back to the bin. Opening the bin bag of joy. Back. <laughs> I was wondering, like, when you threw your clothes into the shower, like, with your phone, or did you manage uh, to take... No, I'd, I'd rescued the phone. I'd rescued the phone. Uh, <laughs> take some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Record some notes for this, this episode of the podcast. Um, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Did you find it? Oh, yeah. Was it, <laughs> was it in a questionable state? Do you know what? It was actually fine. Um, and with, yeah, it, it was actually fine. Do you still use it? Yes. Yes, I do. It was, it was fine. It was actually, it was actually seemed entirely unaffected. Uh, but the, the process of getting it back was not great. I have to say. Um, but, uh, I got it back and resealed it. It washed again. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then went and socialized and, uh, nobody was none the wiser. Well, my mate Rob still doesn't know, so... Uh, well, he does he, now. He, he, he might now. Uh, um, but my... Uh, I, I told I told Jen. I told Jen. Of course I told Jen. Uh, and she laughed a lot at me. Um, but what, I, what I've tried to take away from this is, like, you know, who else craps themselves? Children. And, and so it's made me feel a lot younger. <laughs> <laughs> I found my youth again. Uh, maybe a little bit uh, more... Uh, you than I was well, really yeah. wanting. I mean, if um, you want to go back to your favorite pub and eat there, you can just get one of those those diaper arrangements going. Oh, that's a good idea. Because the food is really good there. <laughs> is it, though? It's clearly toxic to me. Um, <laughs> but it is really tasty. <laughs> and so that's, yeah. And that's, so that's, that's me now. I feel it has changed me as a person. Uh, it, it's, it is possibly the, the most prolonged just horrible experience that i have gone through in, in, I, and i know that you know tiny violins a lot of people have, different, have worse situations of course i realize that but also um you did yourself i did myself <laughs> <laughs> so um i might put that as in my bio uh, for any future conference talks as well <laughs> yeah, just to set uh, the tone 
just to set the tone. Um, and that's how I want to end the, the podcast. Well, the, I mean, you know, may, maybe at the very least, pe- people will feel a bit better about their current life situation. Because at least they didn't sh** themselves. Exactly. Exactly. So just just think about that. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I would say um, the, the, seal, the seal was successful. Um, oh, which well is great. done you. Well done you. Because it would have been terrible to have gone through all of that... Um, Skullduggery and uh, you know spy work <laughs> with <laughs> bleach and find, a mop. This is like <laughs> only to find there was a trail of turds of this mess. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's me. That's who I am. I am Jake. I am a man who, in the last six months, has shat his pants. Am I ashamed? Yes, but it is nonetheless true. Well, as long as it's true, then we're all good. <laughs> I I like how we were like at forty five minutes. Oh, we should make it keep it a short one. Let's 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 call it a day. And now we are yeah. at an hour fifteen. Oh, well, yes. us. Yep. Go us. Go us. Well, with that, we 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 like actually a little do like the cadence. So we will probably aim to do another one next week. Yes, maybe next with some week. special guests. Maybe Ooh. no promises. No promises. Because all right. Right, but that I guess I guess nothing left to say than then happy next time. <laughs> On that bombshell. <laughs> happy next time. Bye. Like if an if if the JavaScript is the JavaScript if an array if the JavaScript implementation of a list why wouldn't that be mapped to that? But I guess, yeah, whatever. We, we, the web is what it is. <laughs>